A lot has changed with the Tampa Bay Lightning over the last couple of weeks. We will talk about all that, but first, let's play that music. You're Locked on Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Adam Dankery. Thank you for joining us on this post-4th of July episode. Hopefully, everybody had a safe and fun 4th of July. And if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. Give us a follow wherever podcasts are distributed in audio form. We are also available on our YouTube page. Go ahead and subscribe to that as well. On today's episode of Locked on Lightning, we're taking a look back at all the the moves that were made by the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, since the NHL draft and and since free agencies opened up. So a lot to get to in today's episode. But let's really just take a step back, look at the draft and kind of look at some of these names. Um, So. The Lightning didn't have a second round draft pick. They didn't really have a pick that many picks this year uh, because of all the, the 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 picks that they've traded away in recent years, whether it was for Nick Paul in the previous year or or in obviously in this year's draft with with ten. I mean, excuse me, this year's move with Tanner Janot. And that was kind of worrisome, obviously. And and then everything gone into with Alex Kalorn, uh, at the time, Ross Colton was still with the team as well. And I have to say for Julian Brees Boss to really go out there and be very aggressive, something that we haven't really seen in the past couple of off seasons. I mean, he's made some moves here. He's made some signings here, uh, brought in, uh, Pat Maroon a couple of years ago, uh, brought, brought in Corey Perry, um, and, you know, brought in Ian Cole as well, you know, some pieces here and there. But I, I guess the biggest move that we've seen, and we'll get to that in just a little bit, uh, was Connor Sheary, the Connor Sheary signing, which I was very pleasantly surprised about. Uh, but kind of going back, um, as we all know, going into this offseason, it was going to be very difficult, I thought, for the Tampa Bay Lightning to be able to kind of reassemble things. And, and I don't mean at the NHL level, I mean at their minor league system. Uh, that is for obviously Orlando, as well as most importantly, Syracuse. And a lot of that has to do with picks, draft picks, which as we all know, the Lightning don't really have a lot of. And so, which is why I was very excited, yet a little bit saddened when the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, traded away Ross Colton uh, to Colorado for their second round draft pick, which did result in Ethan Gauthier, which I thought was a very good pick. Um, And and I think that he will be a very, very good addition in the next couple of years as he continues to progress. Um, I was surprised that they traded uh, Ross Colton. I kind of figured with the limited amount of time that he has had with the Lightning, as we all know, came to the team or came up through the system uh, only a couple of years ago was on the second of those back-to-back 
uh, Stanley Cup teams, uh, scored the game-winning goal in Game 5 against Montreal, uh, had a very good year his next year, and then has taken a step back since then. Um, I would have really thought, and I and I think a lot of people would agree with me with this, is that I really thought that Julian Breeswas and the Tampa Bay Lightning were going to kind of give it another year with Ross Colton. Now, as he has become a restricted free agent, I also get it at the same time as to why the move was made. And it was just a move that I think made sense, not only for the Tampa Bay Lightning, but as well for the Colorado Avalanche. They're looking to retool. You bring in a, a still a very, very young forward in Ross Colton, who is under team control. Uh, you get to basically sign him to almost what you want within reason. And you give away a second round draft pick to a Tampa Bay Lightning team who very much needs that draft pick. So I would say probably one of the better trades um, that we have seen thus far uh, in Julian Brees Wass's tenure. Uh, I think the probably the Blake Coleman trade and then the Nick Paul trade, probably the first two that I uh, probably the top two. Now, you could probably depending on who you like more, whether it be Blake Coleman or, or Nick Paul, uh, you could rank those however you you wish to do. But as some of you may have known coming into this draft and especially this offseason, I was very critical of Julian Bruce Boss, and I was very curious as to see how he was going to handle the offseason, uh, especially after that blunder of uh, Tanner Janot trade. And I'm going to continue, regardless of if Tanner Janot does become – a very good forward, which I still think he will. I still think that he will be a very valuable asset to this Tampa Bay Lightning team. But as we all know, and as we will all continue to say, that he was not worth uh, the haul that Nashville got back in return for him. But a lot of moves, like I said, have been made. Connor Sherry uh, signing a two-year deal with the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I was, like I said, a huge Huge, huge fan of. And and so this Lightning team, as well as Alex Kalorn leaving in free agency to Anaheim, which was bittersweet, but I think at the end it will benefit the Tampa Bay Lightning and we'll continue to talk about that uh, throughout the course of the summer. I I'm, think that, you know, what you were going to get for Alex Kalorn in the immediate future, the immediate future being this season I think that the long-term investment, because I'm pretty sure we will. Now, we may not see it uh, just because, I mean, maybe some Lightning fans will follow Anaheim closely just to see how he pans out. But I would bet money probably in the next year or so, we will see a very, very um, obvious decline in Kaloran's game. But you know what? I think that in the end, he will be successful. He's what the Anaheim Ducks are looking for. They are a very young team. You splash in a little bit of veteran leadership there. Al Klorn is your guy. I did say it that if he were to leave Tampa, it would be probably for maybe a team that would be sort of on the rise or on a team that, you know, will give him a little bit more money and has a chance to win. Now, Anaheim not exactly being a very good team. Um, we'll see how they play out this year. But Looking at this Lightning team, and, and like I said, we will continue to discuss the 
the moves that were made by Tampa Bay. Um, so Sherry slides into that third role uh, for t- uh, that third line role, which um, just to talk about Connor Sherry real quick, um, what you got for him um, is a phenomenal player who has the experience, who could come in with the right situation, be a very effective player. Last year, he had 15 goals and 22 assists. Uh, that comes out to 37 points. Now, on paper, that may not look like a lot, but I would, I think, now this may just be me, um, but it seems like, though, as a lot of fans on Twitter uh, kind of are in agreement that they love this, this, this signing. Connor Sherry, two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, he could come in here. I'm not going to say he's going to score 30 goals, be an 80-point guy. No, that's not what's going to happen. Um, actually, excuse me, he's going to be on the second line. But with with Sorelli and Hagel, which, as we all know, Hagel should be on the first line and Stamkos on the second. Um, I think Connor Sherry is going to be one of those guys that I think with now that you don't have Corey Perry, now that you don't have – uh, Pat Maroon, now that you don't have Alex Kalorn, he's going to be that guy that is still, to a certain degree, young, uh, depends on how you feel about him. He's going to come in here. He's going to be able, like I said, provide that veteran leadership, uh, be able to score in big moments, and be able to do a little bit of everything, I feel. Um, he's going to be able to play physical. He's going to be able to really just help guys around him. And I think with him and Sorelli, on that thir- on that second line and obviously the interchangeable you know maybe maybe we'll see Esteban on the second line probably not but yeah that question mark on the other wing side of of Hagel and Stamkos uh I think those two guys will be the anchor on the second line and and will make a very very good pairing uh and we'll see that as the season progresses and as the Tampa Bay Lightning get into those games where, you know, the more experienced gritty team uh, pulls out the W in those games. So let me know in the comments below what you think about, you know, there's still a lot of moves that we need to address. A lot of players leaving, like I said, uh, that, that I've already named. Uh, We'll talk about more about that as the episode goes on. So make sure to keep watching and, tune in as well but first we're going to take a quick break and talk about today's sponsor and that is our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook now take your first swing at betting on the MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200 that's right just 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose that's 200 you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over under who you think is going to hit the first home run in the game. And the best part about it is that it's all on an app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB right now than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League baseball so as always i want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day and if you haven't already done so please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast we are available wherever podcasts are distributed as well as we are on youtube so subscribe to our channel if you haven't already heard uh as we get closer and closer to that treasured thousand 
subscriber mark. Uh, once we hit that, we will be raffling off a Steven Stamkos signed puck to anyone as long as they are subscribed to the channel. You are automatically entered into that that pool of, of people that are eligible. So, yeah, like I said and like I've spoken about in the better part of the show is a lot of moves have been made and I don't think that the lightning are done. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that they are going to make some big splashes. Now the big name on everybody's lips right now, and I'm going to tell you right now, I hate to say it unless the lightning make an incredible move where they clear up some more cap space and are able to, be able to to have a player like this on their team. I think that we could all count the lightning out of the Vladimir Tarasenko sweepstakes. Now, it was reported earlier today, prior to recording this episode, that he did swip his, uh, switch his representation. If that makes anything different, uh, I don't think it does. Um like I said, I don't think that unless he takes the minimum, even then the Lightning can't afford him right now. But at the same time, who knows? Crazier things have happened. Maybe the Lightning will make a big trade for a bunch of picks and then be able to slide him into a spot in their lineup, which, like I said, I don't if he if he gets if the Lightning pick him up, I think we could probably slide him into the second or third line. Um but like I said, the chances of that happening are slim to none. But so we'll just have to look at what the Lightning already have on their team. Uh, like I said, Connor Sherry, the newest signing to the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, will uh, slide into that second line mark. Now, whether or not that's going to be permanent, we will have to wait and see. But. You know, I think if I had to put money on it, I would say that most likely, unless unless we see some incredible scoring output from Nick Paul or Tanner Janot or even Mike Yesmont, who I think has that ability to score, but he's not a 30-goal scorer until he shows me otherwise. And I think that his ceiling right now for Esmont is probably going to be 10 12 goals which for a player like that i think that and would be very beneficial to the lightning and would be an incredible performance by him at least i think shiri is going to stay on the second line now obviously the biggest question mark is going to be whether or not john cooper is going to be able to flip flop steven stamkos and brandon hagel uh, will he be willing to do that now i'm not entirely sure I don't know. Um, I have been seeing other reports now. I'm curious as to see how this folds or how this unfolds. Excuse me. If the Lightning will be willing to trade like a Philippe Myers um, or some other player who who does have, you know, some. In my opinion, it's it's dead bunny because he has not shown at least in the past year that he's been with this team that he could play at the NHL level. Um, the lightning also brought in, just brought in a defenseman for 700 grand, uh, Calvin DeHaan, who I think is going to be a very good piece for this team. 
Uh, he's going to get a lot of playing time. He's going to be expected to come in here and eat up minutes uh, over the course of the se- of the season. And just in case you're not familiar with Calvin Nahan, last year he had two goals and 10 assists uh, with 49 blocks. So he will be a very good addition and a very good player on that third line pairing with Zach Bogosian. Now, whether or not that is set in stone as yet to be seen, but I just think that this team, you know, the, if you're displeased with how this team looks right now, well, I will tell you that chances are we might see some changes as the offseason goes, but really that goes back to whether or not Julian Boss is okay with the way this looks. My opinion, I would like to see him make some more moves. I also think that, you know, don't count out Darren Radish. I would very much like to see him on the NHL roster at some point as well. Um, but it all depends on how aggressive Julian Boss wants to get, you know, if he hasn't gotten aggressive already, just because I think that this, if you look at this lightning team and you look at the roster, if we were going to roll this out on night one of the NHL season, is this a team that we are confident that could not only compete in the Atlantic division, but a team that is going to get to a playoff run and be able to go far in the playoffs? Because at the end of the day, that is the end goal here. I think we could all agree on that. Having said that, when I look at this lightning team and I look at guys that they have brought in, Connor Shuri, like I said, I'm a big fan of his. I was a big fan of his when he was in Pittsburgh. And the other guys that they've brought in, Calma DeHaan, um, and and you know Cole Kiepke coming up to the to the starting lineup, or he will be on the start in the starting lineup night one. And you look at some of the forwards because that's really where the Lightning are weak right now. And you have to ask yourself, as good of a signing as, or as as good of an addition as maybe we think that Luke Lindenning will be as good of an addition to the NHL level that Josh Archibald will be. Is that a line, especially on that fourth line with the shoes that will have to be filled in Pierre-Edouard Belmar being out, Corey Perry being out, Patrick Maroon being traded just a few days ago to Minnesota. Is this a fourth line that is going to be able to be that, that line that is going to be able to come in and at times, not only go out there and, and get things started with a big hit or a big play, but are they going to be able to be the anchor that is going to going to be able to be reliable, that's going to be able to go out there in those big games? Like I spoke about, those games where the more experienced, gritty team wins those games, are, are they going to be able to go out there and, and propel the Tampa Bay Lightning in a tight game over – a Carolina Hurricanes or a Toronto Maple Leafs, a Boston Bruins. I say the, the Hurricanes because they're by far, I think, in my opinion, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference coming into this season. Are, are, are the Tampa Bay Lightning at that level? I don't think so. Like I said, I still think that there is a lot. Or, well, when I say a lot of moves, maybe one or two moves that need to be made. But I'm going to say no. I say this team gets you, sneaks you into the playoffs. But do they get past the first round? 
no, I don't think that this team is there right now. I think after your your third line and as well as that third line pairing on defense, still a little suspect. Still a little suspect. I think that the Lightning need to either make additions or Julian Boss is going to stick to his guns and live and die with this team as for now. Because my worry is going to be the latter, that he is done. We go into camp because and we go into the regular season, nothing. And then we're sitting here in November talking about the exact things that I'm talking about right now, how it's not working out, how, yeah, these were splashy trades that were made to bolster the draft stock um, to to get certain players in here, get certain players out uh, that were maybe underperforming or or maybe, you know, going to demand too much money. And now it's a scramble at the deadline and some of that draft stock uh, that you have or have acquired over the last couple of weeks, you're going to have to trade away. And now we're back to square one almost, if not worse off afterwards, where Julian Brees boss may have to overspend at the deadline. And that's definitely not something that any of us want, because as you could tell with the lack there of draft picks that the lightning do have right now, uh, they not only shouldn't have to do that, but can't afford to, because now we're talking about setting back the franchise, not only back during the regular season, but back over the next couple of years. So let me know in the comments below what you think. I, Like I said, I think that there's still many more moves that need to be done, that need to be made over the next couple of weeks. Now, obviously, that might have to come through trades. We might have to be sitting here having even tougher conversations. Um, but at the same time, you look at this roster from at least the offensive side, the forward side, there's really not many moves that you could make to where I am confident, at least at this point in time, that the Tampa Bay Lightning will be able to get something back that will be able to uh, make the difference without giving up some uh, a huge substantial chunk of what they already have. So let me know in the comments below as we continue to monitor the Tampa Bay Lightning summer. So wrapping things up on the show, like I've said before, if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a follow wherever podcasts are distributed in audio form. We are also available on YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe to the channel. And yeah, this is a it, it, it's an exciting time for the Tampa Bay Lightning, because like I have said, I think this is the most. Definitely the most uh, active we have seen Julian Brees boss over the the last couple of summers and you know obviously a lot of it had to do with not wanting to uh part ways with certain players uh the the main player in mind right now was Alex Kalorn he walked away for nothing which at the end of the day could come back and bite the lightning in the butt I was very adamant I think at that point in time a couple of weeks ago where I wished that they would have at least traded his rights away. Obviously, that didn't happen, but and now he walks away scot free to Anaheim, and the Lightning are left to fill in the pieces. 
here. They're still very tight against the cap. Um, I would very much like them to at least get within, and, and maybe this is asking a lot, and you know, this has to do with other factors uh, with, with trades, I mean, excuse me, with signings they have made over the last couple of years. But I would very much like to ha- see the Lightning on opening night at least be $2 million underneath the cap. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, how is that even going to be remotely possible? Didn't you just get done saying that what we have here is probably going to be the team for the most part on opening night? Yes. Would I not be surprised, though, if in the next couple of weeks or in the next month, uh, Julian Brees Boss makes a deal that substantially cuts the Lightning's um, salary cap? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but I look at this team, you know, you have dead cap right there with 200 grand retained uh, from the Patrick Maroon deal. You know, the, the the flip side of that, obviously, is that you got their uh, seventh round draft pick, which is good. So next year, the Lightning do have a third, a fifth, a sixth, and then three in the seventh. I think that's a good ground floor to build upon. I think that maybe if we get to the trade deadline and the Lightning are, hate to say it, maybe not, the, the playoffs are not in the equation for them. Maybe you you trade, I don't even know who you trade away at that point um, for a couple of draft picks because the Lightning still, you know, just because it, even if the Lightning do get to the playoffs this year, they still should be building on their draft stock over the next couple of years. Uh, which is definitely something that they need to do um, desperately because they do have some players in the minors that they can tr- do without. Uh, and I'm talking about uh, Fleet Myers, Alex Barre, Boulay. Those two names are the names that come to mind. And I really think that, you know, I look at it this way. If you're not going to play these guys, guys who have played at the NHL level, even if they aren't worth, top picks you know if you want to get a couple of seven if you want try and get a couple of seventh round draft picks out of those guys which quite honestly i don't think they're worth any draft picks if you could try and do that then go ahead but the lightning need to start not only refocusing on getting back to the stanley cup final which obviously is the end goal for all of us i still think that they need to toe that line of knowing when to sell certain parts in order not only to alleviate, alleviate themselves from draft, uh, from, from cap constrictions, but to be able to, to build upon their minor league system for the future. Um, and, and this is a, a point that I think is going to be made over the course of the season. And definitely a point I think is going to be made next offseason because depending on how the season ends for the Tampa Bay Lightning right at the moment their 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 cup odds are plus 1400 which is not very good compared to other teams i would say maybe maybe middle of the road team next offseason keep this in mind i hate to say it but next offseason Steven Stamkos becomes an unrestricted free agent and as yes, that money coming off the books will be very beneficial to this team. I'm very curious over the course of the season, how the lightning 
will handle that situation? Will they be willing to do away with their captain uh, if his, especially if his performance isn't up to par with what they need and risk him walking away for free? Because I think that's the worst thing you could do as an NHL team that is in the predicament that the Lightning are in. I think if if a player is going to be unrestricted and you know for if you know very well that he is not going to come back or you're not going to be able to afford what he is asking because I guarantee you if they haven't already the Lightning and Stamkos's representatives have been in communication and have been talking about next offseason you know what is that going to look like for the Tampa Bay Lightning, what is what what is that dollar figure going to amount to? So maybe a rock that needs to be overturned there, maybe a card to be played there uh, with Steven Stamkos. So I would say, you know, something that is, I think as we get closer to the end of the season, and especially if the Lightning aren't playing well and he's having a decent season, that might be an avenue that the Lightning will explore um, down the road if necessary. So in the meantime, please go ahead, subscribe to the podcast. As always, give us a follow. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about the Lightning offseason. What more can we expect out of this team? So in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.